0: Well, just to finish off today, the weather, cold and very dry, mainly cloudy with bright periods, currently 11 degrees and the relative humidity is 49%. This has been Money Talk. I'm Richard Harris and this is Samantha Butler with the news.
1: After two days of silence following his ban from social media platforms, it's been announced that President Trump will travel to Texas on Tuesday. White House staff say he will visit a stretch of the border wall that he promised to build. In Washington, the authorities have made dozens of arrests following Wednesday's attack on Congress. Carl Racine is Attorney General for the District of Columbia in Washington.
2: The charges so far have ranged from violating a curfew, unlawful entry, weapons charges, not having the appropriate permission to have those weapons. There were also two pipe bombs that were found near the DNC and the Republican National Committee headquarters. And offices like ours, the Office of Attorney General in D.C. and the federal prosecutor, the U.S. Attorney's Office, are looking at a host of potential charges, including murder, felony murder, rioting, sedition, incitement to riot, and incitement to violence.
1: The top Democrat in Congress, Nancy Pelosi, says she's ready to start second impeachment proceedings against President Trump unless he's removed from office within days. The House Speaker called him a threat to democracy after the deadly assault on the Capitol on Wednesday. The strategy appears to be to condemn the President's actions swiftly but delay an impeachment trial in the Senate for 100 days. Here's the BBC's LIBO Di The House Majority Whip, that's the Democrat representative, James Clyburn, says that he envisages a vote taking place as early as Wednesday, possibly even on Tuesday, and the impeachment articles themselves could be finished uh, on Monday, so as early as tomorrow. But he said that Democrats might wait several months before delivering the articles to the Senate. The reason is that basically as soon as the Senate receives those articles, it has to give all its attention to that trial. It cannot confirm Joe Biden's cabinet or turn its attention to any of the things that Joe Biden wants to put through. Major corporations, including the world's largest hotel company Marriott and the health insurance conglomerate Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, have announced they'll suspend donations to U.S. senators who voted against certifying Joe Biden as president-elect last week. In a statement, the insurance group said it had made the decision in light of the shocking assault on the Capitol on Wednesday. The mainland has reported 103 new coronavirus cases, up from 69 cases a day earlier. The National Health Commission said 82 of the 85 local infections were from Herbei province. And three US banks say they're removing 500 structured products from the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan are removing the products because of new US sanctions preventing investment in companies linked to China's military. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
2: Good morning and welcome to Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking about more developments of COVID-19 in Hong Kong and in mainland China today. Health authorities here said yesterday there may be an outbreak at the Hong Kong and Kowloon Ferry Company after a captain came down with COVID-19 and three sailors tested preliminary positive for the virus. A total of 31 cases were recorded uh, yesterday, uh, of which 28 were locally transmitted. Officials said nine of the local cases, including the ship's captain, don't yet have a clear source of infection. As we just heard in the news, China's battling a new outbreak spreading rapidly in Hebei province, with 103 new cases reported there. And the WHO as well has publicly expressed frustration that Hong- that Beijing has not yet given final approval for its team arrivals in China for a study into the origins of the virus. Well, your thoughts on all these issues? Uh, welcome. We want to hear from you. Give us a call on 233-88266 or email bankchat at hk, or leave a message on our Facebook page. That's bankchat and rthk radio 3. We've got a few uh, messages on uh, uh, American politics. I think I'll save those up till uh, nine o'clock, perhaps. So uh, uh, just hang on for those. Let's go straight into our, our main uh, topic today as we're joined by Dr. Uh, Dr. Alvin Chan, who's a council member of the Hong Kong Medical Association, and uh, Professor Benjamin Cowling, Head of the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics in the School of Public Health in the University of Hong Kong. Once again, our number, if you want to uh, talk to them directly, best thing to do uh, is to uh, pick up the phone, actually, two three three eight eight two six six. if you want to talk to uh, a doctor or an epidemiologist. Uh, uh, Professor Cowling, maybe we'll start with you. Good morning to you. Uh, I think Happy New Year. I don't think we've spoken since the New Year. Good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, uh, yeah. Happy New Year to you. Okay, uh, how how are we doing? <laughs> is it is it a Happy New Year? There seems to be like a persistent kind of rump of of uh, cases, where, which it's not going down as fast as it as it did previously.
3: Yeah, we've estimated the reproductive number is about point eight, which means we're dropping by about twenty percent per week, and that's not as good as we were doing in the third wave. It took quite. Uh it came down quite a bit quicker in the third wave than it's coming down in the fourth wave. And we've just had a surge the last few days, maybe because of the new year period. Uh, it's not great, but we'll still be able to, to come down to zero, maybe by Chinese new year. The question then is, is what happens at that point? Are we going to keep the restrictions in place for longer to stay at zero for longer or we're going to risk a resurgence by relaxing?
2: Is it, is it your sense that that uh, that sort of a sl- slightly slow response uh, is that t- t- due to uh, you know public attitudes, or to different measures, or to a change in the virus, or all three, in or in whatever? The,
3: in the beginning of the fourth wave, the government responded fairly quickly with a similar similar kind of package of measures to what was used in the third wave, and. And so I think the difference between the fourth wave and the third wave is maybe the enthusiasm for complying with the measures. We've seen a lot of people out and about uh, on the streets recently compared to what we saw in the third wave. And then if you remember back to the second wave where it was really, really quiet, I think maybe there's fatigue in terms of responding to the social distancing measures and and sticking to the the guidelines and the recommendations to stay at home more often, stay away from crowds. But it's difficult. It's been a year now and still we're going to have to keep going with some of these measures uh, for a while longer.
4: Uh, Professor Gowan, good, um, good morning. Look, we've got the Pfizer one, we've got the Moderna one, we've got the AstraZeneca one, all seem to have been approved now, and there's Sputnik five, which has been approved for Russia. Um, what do we know about the Chinese vaccines?
3: We don't know as much as we know about some of the others. So we've heard the headline numbers, I think 79% for Sinopharm, for Sinovac. But we've seen very little additional information beyond that. So a lot of the other vaccines have now published their results in medical journals. The the Chinese vaccines haven't yet done that. I guess they will fairly soon. And once we see that information and also the package of information that they'll submit to regulatory agencies, then I think we'll, we'll have a lot more information about how well the vaccines are doing. The Chinese vaccines are traditional vaccines. We expect them to work. Um, but what we've seen so far is the effectiveness is not quite as high as the new technologies, the mRNA. But maybe there's other advantages to the Chinese vaccines. That
4: they may be longer lasting, just, for example.
3: Yeah, maybe long lasting, maybe broader. We need to see more data to, to really say. But I, I wouldn't say that just because the headline number, the 79%, 70% is lower than 90 or 95, that they're not as good. That, it's not as simple as that. There, there's a lot of considerations with vaccines.
4: Right. Well, at the vaccination programme, have we heard a lot about that in Hong Kong at the, uh, so far? No, we're
3: still waiting for the details. I think we're going to get a million doses fairly soon, uh, maybe starting in Chinese New Year. And I think that may be the Pfizer vaccine. That's what I heard uh, on the, in the media, but I'm not sure. Maybe Sinovac will come once it's licensed. And then we'll, we'll see how long it takes before we can get more and more doses, because ultimately we want to vaccinate all seven and a half million people in Hong Kong. That's right. going to take some time, maybe take until the summer.
4: Because I was hearing on the news that Israel reckons it will have vaccinated the entire population of 9 million uh, by March.
3: Yeah, they're doing really well with their vaccines. They've got it really set up nicely. Uh, they've got these big facilities for vaccinating people and they're just doing an enormous number every day. We could do that in Hong Kong. We could do it if we plan it all out. And maybe that's what the government's been planning. We haven't had the plans yet, though.
4: Right. One other point I'd like to ask you about the some discussion about different kinds of masks that people should be wearing, because some there was some suggestion that some of the masks can leach bits of minute bits of fabric into the lung. If you, Uh,
3: I I saw some reports of that, but I I don't know if it's really the case. Um, Certainly, we've seen no reports of major adverse effects of wearing masks I, I don't know whether that particular report is true but i wouldn't worry too much about it
4: okay because it was a particular kind of mask i was wondering mm. if there was anything more on that okay we need more data again mm.
2: do, do, do you do uh, you see any significance in the in the delays to the uh certification uh and the final testing of the sinopharma uh vaccine uh, does that suggest that they're being extra careful or there's something wrong with it or doesn't it mean anything really?
3: I I don't really understand what happened. I think Brazil were ready to announce their results. It came out of 78% very recently. I think they were ready to announce that a while ago but didn't. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why Uh, and I I hope they'll be able to publish more details fairly soon. because all we've really seen is that headline figure. We haven't seen a lot of other information but they must have it. Uh, They're going to need to submit it to the Chinese FDA for, for approval there. And if they're going to go for approval in other countries, they may need to submit to the regulatory agencies there as well.
2: Why is this news coming out from from the Brazilian authorities rather than the people producing the drug itself?
3: So the Sinovac vaccine was tested in three places. I think it was Brazil, Turkey and Indonesia, I believe. And so the Brazilian trial was done by Brazilians and they let the Brazilians report the results after Sinovac allowed them to do so.
4: And Brazil has a couple of very good institutions for vaccine, I believe.
3: Yeah, they're really good at vaccine development in Brazil, actually really good.
4: And also India. But what are we seeing from India?
3: India are going to make the AstraZeneca vaccine. They've got a plant ready to go and that's going to make vaccines for, for not only India but for other surrounding countries. And I think the AstraZeneca vaccine, the Oxford University vaccine, is also going to be made in another a, a number of other countries. I think it's going to be made in China, maybe somewhere else in Southeast Asia. So they're going to be pumping out doses of that vaccine later this year, uh, maybe a little bit behind some of the other vaccines, but it's going to be a, coming and there's going to be a lot of it. And that's the cheapest one because AstraZeneca agreed to sell at cost. So I think the cost of that vaccine, what I heard, they're aiming for something like 30 or 40 Hong Kong dollars. And that's about 10 times cheaper than all the other vaccines that you would have heard of.
2: OK, our number is 233 We've got a caller on the line. Uh, Jim, Jim, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. Good. Uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've just come back from America. And I, I called you the other day when I was hmm.
5: in my quarantine period. Um, and what I've noticed in Hong Kong is that uh, people are complying with the distance and with the mask for the most part but uh, my friends are not washing their hands and they're not wearing gloves. So they will come in from the outside and they'll start touching things and maybe f- preparing food and stuff like this. Uh, and they, they may, their hands may have touched things that are infected. So I think there's not enough emphasis being uh, put on that. When you come inside the house or when you come from outside, you should wash your hands. And when, um, if you're, I wear gloves when I'm outside, and then when I come in, I just throw those gloves away. But uh, or if if they're the type of gloves I can wash them. Uh, but you know, that's people are thinking. Well, I've got my mask on. I've, I'm maintaining distance. Why am I catching the virus? Well, because you may have touched something on the MTR or when you're shopping or on a shopping cart, and you unconsciously uh, put that in your mouth, so, or your nose, or your eyes. So. Uh, I think the government should emphasize more to the people, complete the the group, wash your hands as well.
4: I think it's a very valid observation. I've noticed even in public toilets, people not washing their hands um, or not using soap, which is extraordinary in the present circumstances. There's been a lot of publicity on it. But it's something worth coming
2: back to. My, my impression is that yeah, it, when when this first started, people washed their hands a lot more. And yes. people were using, almost obsessively, using, and I was using the, yes. the hand cleaner yes. and everything. But p- people don't do that anymore. Well,
4: I don't I don't use the hand cleaner because it affects my skin. But I do wash my hands it's with It's very dry water. now
2: as well, of course, yeah. which is a consideration. Yeah. Alvin Chan is with us, uh, a council yes, member of the morning. Medical Association. Good morning, Dr Chan. Is that your impression as well, that people are perhaps washing their hands less? And uh, is that um, a danger? Yes, of
6: course, it's a danger. While many people have hailed the vaccination campaigns as the light at the end of the tunnel, we must uh, continue to have um, the uh, social distancing and the correct masking and also uh, hand hygiene. Now, of course, the availability of uh, water and soap is a problem because while we are out, uh, does not... Every place that could provide water and uh, uh, soap. But then, um, unfortunately, uh, people had not yet really adopted or adapted the um, habits of uh, using alcohol sanitizer. I understand Mike's uh, concern. You're perhaps uh, allergic to some of those sanitizers, but I guess perhaps uh, that is the most convenient. Thing to do to clean and disinfect our hands because we are everywhere in the street, you could touch uh, any surfaces or the handles or the lift or the, any button. Then uh, our hands could touch the masks, and then after touching the mask or moving the mask, our fingers would be contaminated by the droplets on the surface of the mask. And our fingers will be dangerous to us to spread any viruses there to our eyes or mouth or nose when we touch our face. So I think for most, almost 99.5% of the people not allergic to alcohol uh, uh, in the sanitizers, we must get used to using alcohol sanitizers very very um readily and frequently and probably uh, I, I myself have hung the bottle of small bottle of uh, alcohol sanitizer on my belt and so that whenever i think is necessary and appropriate i would get some alcohol sanitizer to disinfect my fingers and hands and that is very important well if uh we are really a bit uh, sensitive to the alcohol sanitizer, I would say that we could use the alcohol sanitizer and then use some uh, moisturizer or hand protectors to protect our skin from the allergy
2: if Doctor Chan, I, I Chen, I've got to say though that when they when you look at the the spread uh, of the uh, disease uh, in Hong Kong, yes. it's it's, it's, gen- it's generally down to uh, to infections from people who have been in proximity. To each other. That surely suggests that the the, the main vector isn't 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 touch isn't uh, uh, you know people touching something no, that somebody sorry. else has touched. It's it's no. it's through there the breath. Is that right? There are many
6: unknown origins. There are many unknown origins. Every day there are still at least a dozen uh, of unknown origins. Even for the recent few days, for the whole month previously, the unknown origins have been uh, always over twenty or thirty. So I think uh, as far as the uh, vectors of uh, spread, whether it's at the hands or not, we are not sure because there are, there are so many unknown origins. Okay. Of course, another, another source could be uh, even smokers because we see so many people smoking on the street side or even walking. Of course, uh, people, some people really had uh, the uh, addiction of smoking cigarettes But then I uh, also emphasize all the people around them, while while they're smoking, they could exhale their um, viruses if they have. So I think these are also unknown origins, not to mention those uh, people engaged in sexual services for people. And people won't admit that they had received sexual services. And of course, uh, we have those. Uh, known chains. And with the known chains, of course, I, I, I appreciate that what you have said, that uh, not really so many were related to touch, perhaps. Uh, but still, I think uh, as far as, as long as there were so many unknown origins, we are really not sure. Okay. And we really need to take care about that. Okay.
2: And uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jim, are you still there? Jim? A short comment. I, I, I'm not trying to. Uh to
5: to, uh, uh, institute some kind of paranoia. what I'm saying is that there's three things. Now, I've lived in Hong Kong 45 years, as I said. When I left Hong Kong in in March, uh, we were practicing the masking and everything. And I was wearing gloves. I was in America, (laughs) trapped, for the last eight months. And uh, I still practiced uh, those three things. And when I went to the markets or something, I wore my gloves. I did not touch uh, any fruit, any product on the shelves or anything else with my bare hands. And when I came back into my residence, at the door, I have a a bottle of hand soap. I just use that soap on my hands. I go straight to the bathroom and wash my hands. I'm okay. And I have the same thing here in Hong Kong. When anybody comes into my door, anyone, the first thing they must do is squirt that soap on their hand and go to the bathroom and wash their hands. then we're good, because they had their mask on, they maintained distances. I'm not afraid of this virus. I just have to be uh, uh, smart about it. And there are many, many, many unknown origins, not just sitting less than uh, 1.4 meters. Right. So I'm just saying, wash your hands.
4: Well, you deserve to not catch the virus, <laughs> Sorry? Yeah. You deserve no, You deserve to be clear of the virus. You're doing I your am best.
5: Clear, I've, had, I've had, just to get back to Hong Kong, or just to get home, I had four, four uh, uh, COVID tests in America. When I arrived at the airport, they gave me one, and in my quarantine, I had two more. Mm, so I on. am clear of the virus, I think.
2: Right, Professor Cowling, can I ask... Thank a, you very much, a, Jim. Thanks for your
4: call. Have you got any advice for the government on how to organize the vaccination program?
3: Uh, I think that most likely they could do it in the same way that they did the mass testing. exercise. So if you remember, they tested about a million, uh, actually 1.7 million people, I think, in the space of less than two weeks. That's an awful lot of people. Doing vaccinations is not exactly the same as doing testing. You need to observe people after they've been vaccinated for maybe 15 minutes, right. so you can't have the same throughput. But those same sports halls, community centers could be used again. And I reckon they could vaccinate an awful lot of people in a short space of time. I don't think the bottleneck would be the the logistical arrangements. It would be the vaccine supply that would slow us down.
4: Right. And you've got to keep records so that people come back after three weeks for the second one. I think
3: they'll be able to figure that out. I I don't think there'll be a problem with that. In in the HA, they've got got complete electronic medical records and this could just be added to that as a component. And
4: Mm -hmm. the individuals will be keen to come back for the second one.
3: Yeah, we've seen in the UK actually an interesting policy where they say they're going to give everyone their first dose first because they reckon that would be at least 60%, 70% protective, and then they're going to give the second dose w- when they can. And the concept is if you've got two grandparents, would you rather one of them gets two doses 90% or both of them get one dose 60%? So 60 plus 60. It's better than 90 plus zero. Um, but in Hong Kong, we're not going to do that. I think we're going to go to give everyone two doses. It's,
4: uh, it's quite controversial it's, it's, everywhere, isn't it?
5: Yeah, uh, in
3: the UK, because it hasn't been tested. What's been tested is two doses. It's yes. not clear how long protection from the first dose lasts. So it could be 60%, but only for a few weeks. And then you really do need that booster to keep it going. Um, so it, it, it's a risk. But um, I understand why they want to do it, because they're really desperate to get vaccine coverage up in the UK because they're they're struggling so
5: much with COVID.
2: Okay, some questions from from Jay, uh, a couple of questions, a couple of emails rather. Uh, Jay says, do you know if the government have any new ideas about producing a more comfortable underpants mask? I I assume that's the one that was handed out. Uh, As the government's uh, sorry, as the gentleman says, there is not very much information about disinfecting your hands and people should be disinfecting their shoes because when you get home you touch your shoes and you put your shoes all over your flat and how easy is it for the virus to get through to your eyes Uh, Jay also says is the virus easy to spread with saliva on knives and forks and chopsticks also your breath comes up uh, when you eat hot pot or hot food Um, Dr Chan, any... Any any thoughts on that? Uh, spreading um, yeah on cutlery. Right. First of
6: all, shoes. first of all, uh, we advise people to put on eye shields. Of course, those uh, glasses with a wider cover. Uh, or anyway, eye shields are important. And secondly, I, I think uh, uh, putting on gloves by the, uh, um, as the uh, audience just now. He had mentioned is another thing to. Uh, protect our hands. And then while uh, we have to um, um, uh, understand that uh, we we really uh, need to uh, enter our flats without the shoes, the shoes should be left outside our apartment, and then that would be safer. Then, um, of course, I, I would like to add to Um, just now what we had discussed about the vaccination program because in fact uh, for two vaccines um, we need to inject uh, 5 million people in Hong Kong to have the herd immunity and then that means in fact we really need to have 27,000 injections uh, a day to, um, to have such a cover within one year, 365 days. And although we had the experience of the universal community testing program last September, this time the vaccination is more time-consuming, as Professor Culling had mentioned. Not only that, each person had to wait to be observed after injection for about 15 minutes to 30 minutes. We need to have consent forms signed uh, now we understand that because, uh, as we all said, that uh, the third phase of each vaccine are only just published and not yet for the Sinovac or Sinopharm. So uh, we really have to be more careful and we need to have the resuscitation uh, equipment available. The most important thing is that we need time to explain to the citizens and sign the consent form, even digitally. So it takes time. It takes more time for each. So for 27,000 injections a day, uh, for the first one, the vaccine would be the uh, Pfizer one. You will need to have uh, injections in the 18 centers the government had organized. So uh, 18 centers to have 27,000 injections a day. Well, that is how Israel can do it with a turbo engine. So if the government cannot have a good interdepartmental collaboration and a good leadership and then a smooth uh, organization. And the people's misconception and fake news and fallacious misconceptions always spreading around. And the government didn't get vigilant uh, and diligent enough uh, attitude to correct those. Uh, misinformation. Many people with their doubt about the vaccines, I don't think it's easy to achieve the um, the goal of vaccinating 27,000 people a day. It's just a simple, arithmetic uh, calculation. So as the uh, co-chairman of the advisory committee of the uh, communicable diseases of the Hong Kong Medical Association, we in fact wish that hope that the government would as soon as possible, uh, get the centralized consent form and do the education public campaign to boost up the confidence in the vaccines and then so that people would uh, really be well organized to provide the vaccines. Now, but the things are quite late. They didn't explain the details to doctors and nurses or those, anybody who could participate as injectors. So uh, I think uh, the government must put on a turbo engine to do these things. Of course, uh, I I do think that we really need to have more public education to say at least uh, vitamin D supplements now has very good scientific evidence and we encourage the citizens of Hong Kong to protect ourselves uh, with vitamin D supplements.
2: Sorry, beef for boy. Beef a dog. D for dog. dog, yeah, that's what Deep I heard. Yeah. So yeah.
6: that is uh, a very important discovery last year after
2: because it uh, pandemic. Okay. Uh, Dr Chan, yeah. sorry, I've just got a few more uh, emails I'd just like to squeeze in before, before uh, 9 o'clock. Jay says, how effective is hot water on the virus? And reg- uh, S says, regarding the second dose, which will be after three weeks, some will still be queuing for their first dose. So how are the logistics going to uh, work out? Dan said, should those who have recovered from COVID-19 or been properly vaccinated be allowed to travel without restrictions or quarantine? and uh jay also says glasses are a pain because most masks are poor fitting and glasses messed up and uh so do uh eye shields um uh, maybe we've only got time for one of those uh uh our questions uh w- what about the uh, logistics of the um the second dose uh benjamin cowling um how would that work
3: yeah. I think they'll just have an appointment system so everybody will be able to to make their appointments get their appointments and then it'll be sorted out I don't think there'll be a particular problem with arranging the second doses and I I hope we have many more uh, vaccines administered per day than Dr Chan mentioned he was talking about getting everyone vaccinated within a year I would hope that we can get everyone vaccinated by September if the vaccine supply allows us to Uh, there was a, a comment from a listener about whether vaccinated people would be allowed to travel I don't think that will be the case I think in Hong Kong, will most likely have to wait until we are fully vaccinated before the government risks opening up and stopping the travel quarantine. So, whether people are, have been vaccinated or not, I think they will still be subject to quarantine. Okay,
2: one, one, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So, just one more quick question, a quick uh, uh, point. Uh, Jeff says, please mention ventilation. It's one of the four most important preventions to reduce potential load. Distance, wash, mask and ventilate. Also, I use the back of my hand for public services as a habit. That comes from Jeff. Thank you very much indeed. For all those questions and comments, and thank you very much indeed to Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong, Dr Alvin Chan, a council member of the Hong Kong Medical Association. We're going to be talking uh, kind of the politics and also developments in China after the news at uh, nine and also sharing some uh, emails on developments in the United States. The weather, cold and very dry, mainly cloudy today. There's a cold weather warning, 10 degrees. Relative humidity is at 47%.
1: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
2: Welcome back. This is Bank Chat this Monday morning with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We were talking in the first part of the programme uh, about uh, Covid developments in Hong Kong. We're going to turn uh, basically to uh, China, the mainland, in the second part of the uh, programme. We want to hear your thoughts, your questions and your comments. Our email is bankchat at rthk.hk. Our telephone number is two three three eight eight two six six. Give us a call. We'll put you on air. Uh, or you can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Bank Chat on rthk radio. Three uh, or question. We were joined by uh, doctors uh, and an epidemiologist uh, in the first part of the uh, program. Uh, just uh, one more comment uh, on that topic from Mike, uh, who says tetanus vaccine, if you get f- tetanus. of those patients are going to die. If you COVID-19, 99.95% of those affected have little or no issues. Could you please tell me again why a healthy person should take a vaccine that has not had animal testing and hasn't followed normal and or rushed protocol? That uh, is uh, Mike's take. Uh, Also, uh, we've got a a lot of emails, uh, which I'll share with you now, uh, on the issue of uh, developments in the United States. Of course, we've talked about that a few times uh, last week. Uh, This is what uh, people Have to say, in no particular order, Uh, Mike, uh, again, uh, says, uh, try and justify what was said on your show this morning. I think this is referring to Friday's programme. In time, the truth will be known. The Republican Party is gone. Trump said nothing to incite violence. What your guest said is a lie, and I'll debate him any time. He's a rhino hack. That's a Republican in name only. Um, Herman says, recently we saw a bunch of unelected people demonstrate their power to censor anyone they decided deserved to be silent. While my good friend Maoist Matthew would love to say this is yet another example of CCP tyranny, this did not occur in China, but in America. If unelected individuals can pull books by US senators from publication and Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg can impose bans on Donald Trump on Twitter and Facebook, respectively, it makes you wonder what would happen if Jack and Mark didn't like Brand X's COVID-19 vaccine and decided to ban all disclosure about that vaccine and make commercial life more difficult for Brand X and not just on their social media but their e-commerce and fintech ones as well. We've now come to a strange crossroads where we could actually ponder whether such power to censor is better off with a government like China's, which has an incentive to maintain societal well-being, or business entities in a democracy whose only real interest is commercial. That is from Herman. Uh, Anthony S. says, uh, Joe Biden's worst enemy is his own health. Is this man even fit to be president? I think this election has exhausted him. Also, Trump will certainly pardon himself and his family. Even Hope and Barron will be pardoned. Twitter and Facebook, you just poured petrol on the fire. Well done. Joe and Kamala, the White House is yours. Have fun. That's from uh, Anthony. Okay, uh, Michael. Says, uh, Dear Hugh, I was not surprised last week by your rant about the US courts having examined the US presidential election as you have lots of previous form for a lack of impartiality regarding Mr Trump. Regarding the evidence for the steal, try this on for size. Evidence from Pennsylvania's own voter data shows that over 200,000 more ballots were received than people on the electoral roll. Then there are the 65,000 underage teenagers in Georgia who voted. Does anyone really believe that a massive group of teenagers decided to break the law? Uh, brackets, it shows that the driver's database was used to generate names to complete ballots that were not likely to be challenged. There are thousands of affidavits by whistleblowers. The corporate media and its camp followers have discovered that if they don't report it, it does not exist. You are one such journo. That comes from Michael. <laughs> okay, Michael. <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, it, I mean, it took me, you know, five minutes this morning to look up, for example, let's start with the, the, the that's claim that you make, that there were 200,000 more ballots were received in Pennsylvania than people on the electoral role. This seems to come from a release from the Republican, uh, from uh, Frank Ryan uh, and several others uh, at the end of uh, December. Uh, well, the Pennsylvania Department of State says um, this is not true. Um, that's also a claim made by AP News, by PolitiFact and Snopes. It seems to, uh, the information seems to originate. Uh, from well this is what the Frank Ryan said a comparison of official county election results uh, to the total number of voters uh, as recorded by the department of state shows that 6 mm, uh 6,962,607 vote, total votes were reported as being cast while dos stroke short sure system records uh, records indicate that only 6,760,200 30 total votes actually voted voters actually voted the release said um, the uh, de- Pennsylvania Department of State says that this is re- reply. This relies on incomplete data uh, and uh, said that it was obvious misinformation. Uh, they said that uh, the uh, system records had not been uh, fully uh, accounted for. Uh, these counties, and they list them, uh, would account for a significant number of voters. The numbers certified by the counties, not the uploading of voter histories into the shore system, determines the ultimate certification of an election by the Secretary, and the uh, Pennsylvania Department of State goes on to say, the obvious misinformation put forth by uh, Representative Ryan and others is the hallmark of so many of the claims made about this year's presidential election. Uh, When exposed to even the simplest examination, courts at every level have found these and similar conspiratorial claims to be wholly without basis. Uh, Ryan has not repeated this claim, though uh, everyone has been trying to get in touch with him. Uh, He has not repeated it As I say, there's no comment from him on Twitter. He's not responded to many emails uh, pointing out that he was relying on incomplete um, information. So, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> on the one hand, you've got this claim. And you've got this on, on the other hand, you've got the Department of State, you've got all these people who've investigated it, saying, no, that's not true. That's not the case. So, you know, who are you going to believe? Uh, Michael. And why don't you take the time to just look at the claim? Why don't you take the time to to study it for five minutes? Okay. Here's an email from Sam, who says, uh, Dear Backchat, but even before Trump's belligerent foreign policy positions, America had been gradually losing its dominant role in world affairs. Prophecies that the U.S. is in a state of decline have been made almost as long as the U.S. emerged from the Second World War as the greatest superpower. Yet the much-heralded downfall of the American empire has kept being postponed or has seen others decline even faster. Critics of U.S. declinism explain that while the U.S. may no longer dominate the world economy to the degree it wants did it still has eight hundred bases around the world and a military budget of seven hundred and forty eight billion dollars, nevertheless, the inability of the u s military to use its technical powers to win wars in Somalia, Afghanistan, and Iraq has shown how little it 's got in return for its vast expenditure and Now, the Capitol Hill debacle Pelosi reaped what she sowed, uh, entertaining hong kong 's protesters and destructors in the name of democracy and freedom. Did she have any words when the LegCo was intruded and vandalised in the presence of a lawmaker, Fernando Chung? Or as a matter of fact, was the UN Secretary General saddened? These Capitol Hill invaders were termed as insurgents. Uh, What then would they label the Hong Kong vandals and protesters? Mother of democracy bleeding. It's not yet over, according to Trump's cowboys, Co Giffin from New Mexico, who has threatened to plant their flag on Pelosi's desk. That's uh, from Sam. Uh, And one more from uh, Martin, Um, not the regular Martin. This is Martin, another Martin, uh, who says, um, uh, Dear Backchat, while many comparisons were made between the storming of Capitol Hill and LegCo here, one aspect has been conveniently overlooked. The head of US Capitol Police and other senior security officers have resigned and investigations are already underway into why the crowd was allowed to advance into the complex here in Hong Kong, the police inside LegCo vanished when the going got tough, and no attempt was made to kettle the crowd outside. This cannot have been due to lack of manpower, as a 1,000 officers were on hand to arrest the 50-plus pandems who engaged in the primary elections. But no resignations, uh, no investigation into why the crowd was allowed to run amok here. or requests that a Commission of Inquiry be convened to look into the reasons for and response to the protests here have been quashed. Certainly a demonstration that, despite its shortcomings, a democratic system does not tolerate the brushing under the carpet of civic disturbances. Uh, that is from Martin. Once again, our email address is backchat at rthk.hk if you want to comment or just pick up the phone. Two three three eight eight two six six is the number. We wanted to turn, as I say, to uh, developments uh, on the uh, mainland. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Joseph Gregory Mahoney, Professor of Politics, Director of the International Graduate Program in Politics at uh, East China Normal University, and uh, Andrew Lung, International and Independent China Strategist and uh, former Director General of uh, Social Welfare. Uh, happy New Year to you both. Um, uh, professors Mahoney, perhaps you could. Um, we wanted to talk about um, uh, a couple of issues, I think, that have been making the headlines. Um, one is the uh, outbreak, apparently, outbreak in Herbay. We're just hearing of about 100 people. Uh, now being confirmed as being infected, and also the WHO visit and the controversy associated with that. First of all, this 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 outbreak in Her Bay, what, what, what do you know about it? Do you think it's obviously it's, you know, in, in terms of percentages and uh, numbers, it's it's tiny. Uh, but uh, do you think it's going to be uh, of concern?
7: Well, it is. It is of concern. Um, a lot of people are uh, all over the country are feeling a lot of anxiety about it. Uh, I was speaking with people in uh, Shanghai this morning, and uh, they were worried about what it bodes. Um, so, uh, you know, there's that. But then, there's of course the, the simple fact that anytime we start having uh, these these uh, secondary waves or potential secondary waves, even if they're very small, uh, it's it's very quickly um, something that can accelerate if if they're not uh, uh, closely controlled. But, uh, you know, China has worked very hard to try to control these things, and a lot of people are disappointed to see it coming back, particularly, you know, uh, given the location uh, uh, with, with uh, Hebei and zhejiang near uh, Beijing. Uh, of course, uh, Hebei itself is densely populated, but Beijing even more so, so that proximity is worrying. Uh, but especially because of the, the timing. You know, February is uh, generally the, the time of the year where we have the highest uh, morbidity and mortality associated with uh, influenza and pneumonia but it's also uh, as many observers point out uh, that time of the year when chinese are getting ready to travel for chinese new year and there's a lot of concern about uh, whether or not we're going to be seeing uh, more outbreaks or if we're going to be able to get them quickly under control in ways that allow the, the cnn my the cny travel to, to proceed so uh, all of these issues uh, um uh, are, are very uh, disconcerting, and uh, I think that uh, local authorities and people are taking them seriously.
4: Yes, because Hebei is basically being shut down to protect Beijing. It's the... There's
7: that, um, yeah, but also to, to protect uh, Hebei itself.
4: Right, right. Where is China standing with a vaccination program?
7: Well, uh, by latest count, I believe they've got five vaccines that uh, are in various stages of development. Uh, you know, one of the one of the, the strange things, of course, uh, is that because their caseload has been so low in China, they've, they've had to test the vaccine overseas in, in countries where they could uh, get access to people who were uh, when you had higher infection rates. Right. So they've got about five ready to go. They've got um One, that they're already um, uh, distributing and vaccinating people with in China. Again, I have several colleagues who've uh, encountered this in the education system. Um, But they're also, they've got uh, a few more that are ready to come online. They're starting to stockpile. And, you know, it's increasingly the talk of uh, vaccine diplomacy, uh, that they have this capacity and, and this political will to roll out hundreds of millions of doses. Uh, in the next few months, uh, to, to various countries around the world.
4: Right, so that they can uh, donate or make them available very cheaply to countries in Africa or South America, Central America, and so on. Right, right. Well, do have we, we do we need to see more data on the efficacy of these vaccines?
7: Uh, You know, this is something that has been raised uh, by some critics about how transparent uh, some of the trials have been. Um, I think this is uh, a question that um, really has been posed for for all the vaccines, not just the Chinese ones. Right. Um, But we know we saw the data coming out of um, uh, for the the one vaccine uh, coming out of uh, Brazil of uh, 79%. I know that the Chinese were hoping that it was going to be a little over that. Um, and I know that there were some questions in Beijing in the, in the, among pundits about whether or not uh, 79% was, uh, was a good number. And, of course, it is. I mean, uh, typically, uh, the annual uh, flu vaccine is uh, closer to 69%, and we know that in and in itself is a powerful tool to help control uh, morbidity and mortality associated with, with flu. So uh, I think when you when you see um, um, uh, I think uh, this seventy nine percent number, which appears to have been confirmed in, in, in multiple uh, studies, something close to that seventy nine to eighty one percent. I think you see uh, a couple other things that, that are really going to buttress that number. Um, one, the, the the relative ease of producing, uh, distributing. Uh, this vaccine, relative to some of the ones that are being produced in the West, Moderna, um, uh, the, the, the Pfizer vaccines that have to be kept super cold, right. um, I think we're going to see that it's going to be easier to distribute, uh, and, and the efficacy levels rising because of the, the capacity for mass distribution and safe distribution relative to some of the more right. technologically advanced. Get to vaccines. herd immunity furthermore, level quicker. Yeah, yeah, and furthermore, because the, the Chinese vaccines are relying on the older more li- reliable forms of tech um, that, have, that have been tested and, you know, they have many years of, of testing in various forms, um, whereas, uh, you know, some people in the West are, are, are more concerned about the new technologies that are being used in these RNA vaccines um, and whether or not uh, we've really seen in, in uh, sort of a mass um, um, usage what that real impact is going to be in terms of potential adverse
2: Right. Uh, reactions. Hmm. Andrew Lang, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us this morning. The other issue, one of the other issues I wanted to touch on, was the question of the, the WHO. There seems to be this kind of... Uh, I, I'm almost quite sure what's going on, really. Uh, the, uh, China has said that they are open and enthusiastic about a visit to uh, Wuhan uh, by a, a WHO team to investigate the source of, uh, uh, of COVID-19 uh, um, but that doesn't seem to be happening and now the WHO is uh, expressing frustration that they haven't been given final approval for the team's arrival in China What, what do you make of that? What's going on there?
0: Well, let's not forget um, that Beijing has uh, been remaining sort of, sort of mum about the idea uh, of a joint investigation for a very long time um, after the demand was made um, by a number of countries actually. Uh, but then eventually um, they talked to the WHO uh, and agreed um, uh, this idea. But not only this idea, but, this, um, uh, but perhaps the selection of um, team members from a number of countries, including, of course, one from the United States. Um, But however, having agreed uh, to that, um, the recent um, kind of developments are extremely worrying to Beijing. I mean, you refer to the Herbei kind of outbreak, uh, even though in numbers it's quite small, but then don't forget that there is a, uh, there had been a complete um, lockdown of a lot of cities in, in the country for a very long time and China managed uh, to virtually control uh, the spread of the virus. But all of a sudden, this resurgence, um, especially in the wake uh, of a new variant of the virus um, from uh, Britain and also from South Africa. But then um, recent genetic sequencing uh, by the Chinese um, um, a center for Disease Control, uh, shows that um, these new kind of um, uh, cases in Herbay, uh, there is no connection with the new variants uh, in Britain or in South Africa. And on the other hand, um, they could be um, uh, traced uh, to a number of other countries, uh, to Europe and to perhaps to a number of countries and other continents. So that's uh, quite worrying. Um, also recent um there was recent report from uh research um institutes in um italy and france and other countries showing that there were traces um of the, of the, of this virus even before wuhan so i think the whole 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 situation remains rather murky right and that, then, what, sorry the, andrew the last andrew. thing that beijing wants to do is is to open up the investigation um, without, uh, while they're, they're, they're uh, going full steam um, to deal with the herbe uh, resurgence.
4: Andrew, something's missing here. If yeah. there's all these questions, doesn't that make it more urgent for the WHO to get in and, and have an investigation?
0: Well, I, I think it's a question of timing. Um, as the Chinese um, Foreign Ministry has, uh, has responded to it and said, well, obviously, they're not uh, against this. Uh, going back to the work, that there should be an investigation. Um, but then, uh, of course, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a question of, of timing. Uh, I, uh, my reading is that um, at this time of a sudden uh, resurgence and uh, unknown variants, um, I think that Beijing is, is really uh, trying to concentrate their efforts uh, on um, at, at least dealing with the Herbei uh, situation um, and also making sure that um, various team members uh, do not necessarily bring in in, 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 in in risks. So I think that this is... a, 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 a One shouldn't read too much into it, that China is going back on that word because that would be extremely damaging diplomatically for China.
4: Yes, it undercuts the good work of offering to make the vaccines available worldwide.
0: Well, uh, I think that's another issue then. Uh, The the WHO investigation is one issue we have talked about. Uh, And then the uh, as far as the vaccine is concerned, I think China's going full steam ahead with with um making the vaccine available not only inside china uh, but to other countries in the world as already uh, discussed um and because the um um presidency recently um um confirmed that this uh, uh, vaccine is is, is, a, is, a, is a global um it's a kind of public good uh, suggesting that Uh, China would be able, uh, it's likely to make vaccines available, maybe even free of charge to some very um, poor countries around the world. And that would be, of course, uh, diplomatically and geopolitically, uh, is is going to be a um, a kind of win for China. So I think that China is going ahead with this. Um, And also, um, as we already discussed, uh, the Chinese vaccine is based on traditional methods. Uh, it's, It's likely to show less side effects and in any case um, a lot of the um, developing countries would love this vaccine because this um, uh, virus outbreak is going to be um, cause a lot of political problems with a lot of developing countries and and their
2: leaders. Yeah, Professor Mahoney, you know, you're you're a political scientist, what what are your thoughts when you've you've had sort of relatively close-up views of the way that uh, the virus has been approached uh, on the mainland and in the United States? Compare and contrast. What do What do you think? What do you think? And um, yeah, what What do we learn from that?
7: Well, I think there's. I think we're going to be writing uh, papers about this and books about this for the next fifteen to twenty years. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people are, are are talking about. You know, this is a watershed event um, uh, for you know so many different aspects of of, of our life, uh, but. Um, you know I think that uh, so it's it's really hard to narrow that uh, an answer down for you, but um, uh, one of the things that that um, you know we've obviously struggled with in the United States, where I'm sitting currently, is um, the ability to to um, to mobilize a type of public health system that simply doesn't exist. you know I've seen a number of of leading pundits, some of whom are friends of mine try to, to describe this as a problem of, uh, you know, in China they have an authoritarian system and they have uh, this incredible state capacity, uh, but that's something they give up, and, 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 you know, they give up freedom in order to have it, and that in the United States we have this struggle between uh, uh, freedom and, and, and uh, control. Uh, I don't think that's really uh, what's been driving the, the problem here. I think, you know, if you look at the U.S. Uh, in the post nine uh, eleven. 11 uh, era, uh, Americans have given up all sorts of freedom uh, for security. I just think that uh, from the front end, uh, we were very unprepared um, uh, institutionally, um, politically, uh, to deal with this crisis. And I think we're still unprepared to deal with it. And we're still hopeful that uh, a vaccine is going to be the silver bullet. Um, and of course, that's very troubling because, you know, a lot of scientists believe that this is. Um, not the worst outbreak to come, that global warming is going to um, uh, prompt a number of other uh, mutations, a number of other diseases uh, to cross uh, into uh, 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 human infection. And so uh, I'm not quite sure that we've learned uh, how to deal with this problem yet. I'm not sure. But, but,
2: but things with, like the masks, uh, things like the question of wearing a mask seems to have Become very politicized in in the U.S., whereas it just seems to be a matter of common sense in the mainland and in for us in in, in Hong Kong. Uh, isn't that a sign that there is something else, there is some ideological kind of uh, conflict?
7: It it would seem that it's that case, but but you know I think there were so the the, the whole culture of the mask has really changed. You know, you you see, for example. Uh, in the Capitol Hill uh, uh, riots, that a lot of the a lot of the people who were attacking were not wearing masks. But uh, I have seen personally just over the last six months. I've I've, I've spent time in in Florida, uh, D.C. and and Tennessee, and we now have at, at the local level, local governments at say the county level, the city level, that are mandating masks and i think that you see more and more americans uh who have started embracing this you're also seeing more and more americans who actually know somebody who has either been gravely ill or died from it so i think you you're seeing you're still seeing some hardcore extremists who are not wearing masks um but i think increasingly you see even if it's begrudgingly people who are embracing this um as as um, if not if not uh uh uh, a decency to, 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 if not something that that, that is uh, uh, necessarily going to protect themselves, but as a, as a type of One, 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 one last quick
4: one, professor, before we have to wind it up. But isn't there a, a major political issue here when the leadership is downplaying the virus itself and also saying there isn't such a thing as climate change? And I think the two points you made were that this isn't the worst one there are going to be more
7: absolutely um i, I think that uh, uh I, i'm not an alarmist when it when it comes to these types of things but but uh i i do think that we are um facing a graver danger than than we realize uh that that we could be near various unseen tipping points um and that uh one of these is is the emergence of new disease and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that um, that, uh, that the next administration will take these uh, concerns more seriously, both global warming and, and controlling the disease, and perhaps will start us down the path of, of building uh, institutional capacities to deal with these problems. And hopefully that will benefit not only uh, Americans, but, but people around the
2: world. Okay, just a few comments uh, from listeners to, to uh, finish off. Johnny says, one of your listeners commented on how masks fog up spectacles to help reduce this problem. He or she should buy masks where the internal wire, which goes on the bridge of your nose, is harder. Squeezes tightly onto the bridge to ensure the air doesn't pass up to your glasses. Some masks have softer wire. Uh, avoid these. Uh, and um, uh, on COVID, Magnus says uh, untraced local cases. Rather than unexplained local cases being a function of people not hand sanitising or someone smoking outdoors in the open air, as your guest suggests. More likely it's that in the absence of high-tech monitoring, as here in Hong Kong, unknown traces are simply the result of being difficult to trace cases and having a lack of manpower to trace them. Both are the faults of our government. We're now bringing in police, immigration officers to assist. Really, it's January 21. What have the government been doing for the past 12 months? That's uh, from Magnus. Thank you very much to our guests this morning. To uh, Andrew Lung, International Independent China Strategist, former Director-General of Social Welfare. And uh, Joseph Gregory Mahoney, Professor of Politics, Director of the International Graduate Programme in Politics at East China Normal University. Thank you very much indeed. And a few more emails uh, on the uh, American politics issue again. Uh, Alan says, um, Herman asserts censorship from the blocking of Trump's Twitter is the same as Beijing's censorship. The difference is one is a government, one is a company denying service, something that Republicans champion if it's against homosexuals for Instance And Trump has three TV networks who will give as much airtime as he wants, radio, his own websites, etc., etc. His voice is not silenced. As the Senator Hawley's book being cancelled, he gets to keep the advance, he gets a big bump in publicity, and he'll have other publishers making offers already. But he will campaign about cancel culture for years to come. More important, Pompeo announced more official recognition of Taiwan. Pretty sure he's doing this to screw with the Biden administration. Making a consequential move like this in the last week of his power he plans to run for president in 2024. How this turns out, who knows? That is from uh, Alan. And Matthew says, I agree with Herman regarding the inappropriateness of US technology companies in consistently silencing some and not others. However, fortunately for him and the other backchat wolf warriors, they seem to have no issue with the CCP freely using their platforms to spread their propaganda, including fake news about their Xinjiang concentration camp and genocide programme. That is uh, from Matthew. And uh, Michael uh, uh, responding uh, once again with the subject line bias. says, Dear Hugh, no court has heard the evidence. I don't know how many times you have to be told that. Look up the legal definition for standing because that has been used so the courts can get out of hearing the evidence. You urge me to spend more than five minutes on the subject. Advise that Mike Rouse, who has only one source, CNN might like to employ. Please read volumes one and two of Dr. Peter Navarro's report. That was (laughs) from from, uh, Michael. I have actually read volume two of his report, you know, (laughs) Michael. Um, (laughs) Thanks very much indeed. Uh, The weather, Mike, thank you very much indeed. There's something new every week. It's killing me.
4: And there's no, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. It's not
2: killing you, it's keeping you alive. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the weather, cold and very dry, mainly cloudy, bright periods uh, during the day, temperatures up to about 14 degrees, fine dry in the next couple of days, the weather will remain cold. And then temperatures will rise in the latter part of the week. We've got a strong monsoon signal, a red fire danger warning, and a cold weather warning, 10 Celsius now. Relative humidity is at 48%. To prevent the spread of disease, make sure all
0: drainage traps contain water. Pour half a litre of water into each drain outlet every week. Check sinks, baths, toilets, and floor drain outlets regularly. If drainage pipes are leaking or blocked, or drain outlets emit a foul smell, arrange prompt inspection and repair by a qualified person. Don't alter drains and pipes on your own. Visit
2: chp.gov.hk for details. 934, the news with Samantha Butler.
1: An epidemiologist has expressed hope that coronavirus case numbers can drop to zero by Chinese New Year in mid-February. Yesterday, Hong Kong reported 31 cases. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong said case numbers were declining by 20%, which was slower than the previous wave, which he attributed to public fatigue over social distancing. The most senior Democratic Party figure in the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, has asked lawmakers to pass a resolution calling for the removal of President Donald Trump from office. Ms. Pelosi said if this didn't succeed, the House will then move towards impeaching Mr. Trump. The permanent expulsion of Donald Trump from Twitter has put the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in first place as the current world leader with the most followers on the network. Mr. Trump had almost 89 million followers when he was barred. Mr. Modi has about 65, but they're both dwarfed by former U.S. President Barack Obama, who is Twitter's most followed person with 128 million. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello, hello, how are you?
0: Not too bad at all. New York, Hello. You never Facebook chat with me?